You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, how's it going? It's your boy Sosa Kermendez, fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. I'm going to be posted up at my couch watching, as per usual, all eyes on every game as many as I possibly can every Sunday. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Welcome to the Monday edition, and a little bit differently, but this is going to be our final pre-game episode of this Locked On Rams podcast. As you guys know, the Rams did not play on Sunday and are scheduled to play tonight to round out Week 11 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football, man. This looks like it's going to be one hell of a matchup between two teams that are actually very good, obviously. Two teams that are probably going to make the NFC playoffs. And a game that could have some real legitimate repercussions as it comes to NFC playoff seeding down the line, right? The Rams are now at 6-3. and three. The Buccaneers are at 7-3. and three. Obviously, they have one extra game with the Rams already having their bye week pass. But with that being said, man... These two teams are very talented. They look like they're both likely to make the playoffs at this current point in time. You know, the Rams could very well still win their division in the NFC West. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers could ultimately win their division in the NFC South as well, though the two losses that they have to the New Orleans Saints thus far are not going to help and have kind of put them, you know, not necessarily in the driver's seat, but kind of behind the Saints and looking ahead at hopefully winning more games than the Saints have at the end of the year so they don't have to rely on a tiebreaker. Uh, because, you know, being down 0-2 is not good. But with that being said, the Rams still have a lot to play for here. They could very well still win the NFC West, like I mentioned. Uh, They are pretty primed to make a playoff appearance at this point in time. They've, you know, put themselves in a very good spot thus far, putting themselves at 6-3 with some very interesting and important games left over. The Rams still have to play the Seattle Seahawks at least once. They still have to play the Arizona Cardinals twice. They still have to play the San Francisco 49ers once. Uh, And then obviously, like I mentioned, the Buccaneers game coming up here. And then two teams that are not in their conference and really not relevant to the Rams at all. But in the New England Patriots, who kind of look very inconsistent and shaky, and the New York Jets, who are probably the worst team in football right now. So, you know, with that being said, the NFC looks to be a very dangerous conference at this point in time. I mean, the Vikings are gaining ground in the NFC right now. Uh, The Rams are still up there. You know, the Cardinals are right behind them. Uh, the Seahawks, it's a little bit jumbled, but when it comes to a potential wildcard spot, I mean, you're going to want as many wins as you possibly can get right now. And the Rams are putting themselves in a good position to be in a potential playoff appearance at the end of the year. And I think that's probably going to happen. But with that being said, the Rams made some transaction moves. As per usual, there is no shocker here. The Rams are now going to be on their third kicker this season after initially having Samuel Sloman win the job and then releasing him. And then moving on to veteran kicker Kai Forbath, who lasted about three weeks with the team prior to hurting his ankle in week 10. And then the Rams ultimately placed him on the injured reserve list. Now, we don't know if that means he's going to be on there for only three weeks 
or longer than that or for the rest of the season or if the Rams ultimately just get a better performance out of one of these next few kickers and ultimately don't even go back to a guy like Forbath. So we will see what happens there. But with that being said, the Rams have officially activated kicker Matt Gay, who they signed in free agency, who did not have a team prior to this. Now, he does have a tiny bit of NFL experience. He did actually kick for the Buccaneers, the team the Rams are now going to play, which would be a little bit ironic to see Matt Gay make his re-entrance into the NFL against the team that originally had him. Now, he hit only 77% of his field goals in one season for the Buccaneers prior to not really playing again. So uh, Gay is one option for the Rams. But then the other option is also a potential player and rookie who has yet to kick in an NFL game, Austin McGinnis, who, who is currently on the Rams' practice squad. But the Rams could activate him prior to this game, put him on the 53-man roster, and ultimately choose to go with a guy like McGinnis over Gay when it comes to their kicking duties for at least this week. But it remains to be seen what the Rams want to do. Now, head coach Sean McVay said that the Rams have made their decision when it comes to the kicking position, but they actually don't want to name that starter publicly just yet as they want to have some sort of advantage here. So that is a little bit interesting to say. Uh, We don't know who is going to be the guy for this week. I mean, it could be either Gay or McGinnis. With that being said, you know, McGinnis hasn't kicked in an NFL game yet, uh, and he did make, you know, just under 80% of his field goals in college. But, I mean, the NFL is a different game, obviously, right? And the Rams did have this guy in during training camp battling for the starting kicking position, which was really up for grabs between McGinnis, Samuel Sloman, like I mentioned, who ultimately did win the job, and another undrafted guy and, you know, former CFL All-Star in Liram Hairulahu. So, with that being said, you know, the Rams... Did have McGinnis in there before. They do have a lot of familiarity with him. Special teams coordinator John Bonamago clearly knows him and ultimately chose to go get him back. The Rams just signed him a few weeks ago and placed him on their practice squad when they signed Kai Forbath to take over those starting kicking duties from Samuel Sloman. But with that being said, again, you know, Sloman did win the job over McGinnis in training camp. So what does that really say about McGinnis? Is that, you know, a concern, a reason for concern? Potentially because Sloman... I mean, he was very bad in the NFL. He was very shaky for the Rams. He just was not confident. He was not consistent at all and not accurate. And his kicks just did not come up enough, obviously. And that's why he's not here no more. But, you know, what does that say about McGinnis if a guy like that beat him out? Hopefully uh, not much. And hopefully the Rams ultimately did just decide to stick with Sloman due to, you know, the investment that they had in him, which was a very late day three draft pick. But, you know, we don't know for sure. Uh, It sounds like the Rams are made up in their mind when it comes to who is going to be their kicker for at least this week and probably for the next few weeks and potentially even the rest of the season. And if they can get into the playoffs, the guy that takes them there too. So uh, with that being said, it's going to be one of Gay or McGinnis and we will see potentially later today they could announce the kicker. If not, then we will find out definitely at game time who the Rams ultimately decide to move forward with at the kicking position. Coming up in just a moment, I'm going to take a look at the Rams and the Buccaneers and the potential areas for weakness for both teams and where both teams would be wise to look to try and exploit each other in this Week 11 matchup on Monday Night Football. And while we've got you, come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MVP and you can find the page at Locked On Rams. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, 
Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of home. As you guys know, if you follow me on Twitter, man, I'm all about the home workouts. I got my own squat rack, I got my own treadmill, and I can personally attest to just how important, how convenient, and how awesome it is to have a treadmill at home, man. There is nothing in a workout quite like a treadmill workout that is inclined going for a long distance, man, that will get you going. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. I'm hyped to see how the Rams perform in Week 11 on Monday Night Football in the national spotlight against a team that looks to have potential Super Bowl aspirations in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi. Made for football watching. Welcome back to the second segment of this Monday pregame edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. And while we've got you, man, make sure to come back to us tomorrow on Tuesday to hear our postgame recap between this week 11 matchup between the Rams and the Buccaneers. I'm sure it's going to be a very interesting game. It's going to be a tremendous contest that really everyone's going to have their eyes on. We're going to see two teams that have potentially Super Bowl aspirations here. Two teams that could make a lot of noise when it comes to the NFC playoffs. And two teams that very well could rely on two strong offensive performances when it comes to Monday Night Football. Something that a lot of fans are obviously going to want to see, particularly if they're not fans of the Rams or Buccaneers. Everyone wants to see a good game, so hopefully that happens. But with that being said, man, before the break, I said that I would start to talk about in this segment certain areas that I think both teams could be susceptible and what may happen you know, when it comes to this game, I, I look at both teams. They're both very strong teams. You know, the Rams arguably have the best defense in football right now. And an offense that doesn't really struggle to move the ball, though they could definitely become more efficient when it comes to their red zone usage and work. Uh, and then I look at the opposite side in the Buccaneers, who could very well be the most talented team in football. You know, you got a very productive offense in Tom Brady that can really mold itself to a number of different things. You know, he loves to throw the ball to his running backs out of the backfield and Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. Uh, He's got arguably the best trio, maybe the best four receivers in football when you look at guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and the recently signed Antonio Brown and Scotty Miller, who's made a lot of plays for the team. And, you know, I'd be remiss to not mention the legend Rob Gronkowski at tight end. Again, one of the better tight ends in football. So, man, this is a team with a lot of talent. You know, on defense, they got a ton of talent. They're one of the most stout run defenses in football. The Rams are arguably the best defense in general in football and it just makes for a really interesting matchup so when I look at these teams I look at the Rams offense the one area I think that the Buccaneers are definitely susceptible when it comes to their defense is that nickel position I mentioned it earlier last week uh, that nickel corner Sean Murphy bunting he's an intriguing player a uh, young one obviously he's got a ton of potential he's a guy I really liked actually coming out of college but you know with that being said he's just struggling he's not playing well He's allowing an 87% completion percentage when he's targeted in his, co- in his coverage, which is not good. That's the second worst among all corners in football this year, according to Pro Football Focus. You look at his inability to be sticky in coverage, and it just makes for a bad matchup when it comes to a guy like Cooper Cup. Now, 
bad for the Buccaneers, good for the Rams. Obviously, Cooper Cup is one of the best and most productive slot receivers in football. The Rams are clearly a team that's interested in getting him the ball, and deservedly so. He's a great playmaker, and you know quarterback Jared Goff trusts him maybe more than anyone else on the team. He's a guy who's very dependable. He typically has very strong hands. He's a great route runner, and he makes himself available by way of good separation and by allowing himself to get open you know, for, on third and fives, on money downs, on the most important situations. A guy like Cooper Cup is where you're going to target And we know that the Rams and Jared Goff are very comfortable looking that way. It was just a few weeks ago when Cooper Cup had a 19-target game, which is pretty absurd. But that being said, that's just how the Rams operate. It shows just how comfortable Jared Goff is with a guy like Cooper Cup. But then, you know, you flip to the other side of the ball. You look at the Rams' defense and you look at the Buccaneers' offense. And the Buccaneers' offense has taken the seventh most deep shots in the NFL this season. They love to throw the ball deep. Scotty Miller, like I mentioned a minute ago, is a guy who's made a lot of plays for them down the field. He's very quick. He's very speedy. Got a good acceleration. He's a guy who just makes a lot of plays. And, you know, we haven't really seen the Brady to Evans hookup work as well as probably most people thought it would this season. Um, you know, Chris Godwin's been in and out of the lineup with a lot of injuries, but he's back now. And with that being said, you know, they still are that strong of a pass offense, specifically when they go deep. And then you look at the Rams and their ability to cover deep, and they've been the best defense when it comes to covering deep too. So something's got to give. You know, the Rams on pass attempts that are at least 20 plus yards down the field have allowed only 5.77 yards per attempt. That is the lowest of any defense in the NFL, and that's almost a whole yard lower than the next closest defense. So this is a intriguing matchup. You know, the Rams have an absurd amount of talent in the secondary. Obviously, they have cornerbacks Jalen Ramsey, as well as Darius Williams, who are both playing at a Pro Bowl level right now. They have very good safeties in John Johnson and sixth-round rookie Jordan Fuller, who just returned to the lineup now. They won't have second-year player Taylor Rapp, who was just recently put on injured reserve. But with that being said, you know, the Rams have a lot of depth at that safety spot. They have a lot of talent in the secondary as a whole. And that secondary has really been the key to allowing them to play how they play defensively, which is, you know, calling a lot of blitzes. Uh, mixing and matching their coverages from a lot of zone coverage, a lot of too deep coverage in terms of their safeties, uh, single high stuff, you know, bring five guys, six guys on a blitz, trying to get every defensive lineman and every edge rusher and every pass rusher a one-on-one. And they've been very good at doing that. You know, defensive coordinator Brandon Staley knows where his strengths are when it comes to his player personnel. He knows where his strengths are when it comes to how to call a defense. And he's obviously done a great job the Rams are one of the greatest second half defenses that we've seen, you know, to date, which is really incredible to say. Obviously, going into halftime, adjusting and coming out is one of the most important parts of the game. And the Rams, and specifically Staley in that defense, have shown the ability to do that. You know, they've come out of really every game and have gotten way better on defense on the second half. And that says something because they've already been good in the first half. So, you know, you look at Tom Brady. He's a guy who can eat up zone coverage. You know, he's done it his whole career. He's happy to take whatever you give him. He's not going to really force the ball, not, you know, purposely at least, but he can be had. He, he is a human being, obviously. So, uh, you know, I'm curious to see how this matchup's going to go. If I had to go with any matchup, I would probably target the guy that Troy Hill is covering. Very similar to how Cooper Cup is going to be probably the main guy for the Rams when it comes to their offensive production. He's going to be you know, lined up against their weakest link in Sean Murphy bunting. I think the same thing will be said 
for the Buccaneers. You know, I'm going to target the guy who Troy Hill is covering. That's not necessarily no disrespect to Troy Hill, who's a fine player in his own right, but he's definitely not Jalen Ramsey, and he's definitely not Darius Williams. And so if I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the two areas that I look that are probably most susceptible for the Rams when it comes to their defense is the middle of the field. You know, that nickel spot, I'm going to target a lot of Chris Godwin in this contest. He's probably a top five receiver in football, maybe not this season, obviously, with all the injuries and everything. But just in general, you know, last season, he was definitely a top five receiver in football. And then you look at just the middle of the field in general, the running backs coming out of the backfield, you're going to want to target them against guys like Kenny Young and Micah Kaiser, who have not been good in coverage, as well as the tight ends to get in those deep zones behind guys like Kaiser and Young, who are going to play a lot of zone coverage in the middle of the field. Uh, They're going to allow a lot of cheap yardage, a lot of cheap completions, and that's a perfect spot for guys like Chris Godwin and Rob Gronkowski to produce. And I think that the Buccaneers are probably going to do that. And I do think that Brady's going to be smart enough to see that. And I think he's going to take his shots there in the middle of the field, which, you know, is going to build for an intriguing matchup. But I do think that the Rams are going to try to rotate some safety help down there as well. Getting guys like John Johnson in coverage against tight ends, as well as a guy like Jordan Fuller, who has been in some man coverage on tight ends and even receivers recently. So the Rams do have a lot of personnel that they can mix and match. And that's one thing that they've done a lot this season is really just vary their coverage. Nothing looks the same. Everything is different every week. Uh, There's really no base coverage, you know, base unit. And that's one thing that I think makes Brandon Staley so good and so special at his job is that he's willing to adapt and do whatever he has to do to put the Rams in a positive position on the defensive side of the ball. And we've seen that work out very well for his defense as he fields one of the best defenses in the NFL in 2020. Coming up when we return, I'm going to share my in-game predictions for certain players and certain numbers that I think they could very well hit, which kind of ties into my fantasy analyst position at Pro Football Focus. So make sure to take a note of that. But with that being said, make sure to check back on Tuesday when we recap this game. We're really intrigued to see what's going to happen in this contest. And we're going to dive into it all on Tuesday with our post-game recap. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. I'd like to think that my word holds a lot of weight as I've lost 155 pounds over the last 24 months. With that being the case, I've been on the lookout for the perfect protein bar and I finally stumbled upon one called the Built Bar. You need to check them out. They're absolutely delicious. They've got 18 different flavors. The bars, they're healthy. You know, they're low in calorie. They're low in sugar. They've got 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber and they even work for those on the keto diet. You even get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the final segment of this pregame Monday edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. It's a little bit different today. We don't typically get pregame Monday editions of this podcast. Obviously, the Rams typically do play on Sundays, as do most teams. But with that being said, we know the Rams are going to be on Monday night tonight against the Buccaneers. It's going to be a hell of a matchup. Two great teams. But, you know, I said before the break, I was going to share my in-game predictions for some statistics, you know, amongst these players, amongst these positional groups. And now we're just really going to dive into it. I look at this matchup and I see two teams that are sort of similarly built. You know, I think offensive production is going to kind of come at a premium in this game. You know, you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers run defense. They allow the lowest number of all teams in the NFL when it comes to rushing yards per attempt at 3.3. That is a tremendous number, obviously. That definitely does not bode well for the Rams running game. It's going to be, I believe, 
a lot of short yardage gains, a lot of grit and grind, trying to grind out three to four or five yard gains. A lot of work, I think, is going to be needed on the ground game. So I don't expect really any Rams rusher to eclipse 50 yards rushing in this game. I don't think that any one guy is going to get enough volume. I don't think that any one guy is going to break any long runs, most likely. So I think it's going to be a lot of potentially second and third and longs, which is never good. But with that being said, you know, the Rams are a great run defense themselves, and they allow 4.1 yards per rush on average, which isn't that much worse than the Buccaneers, which also ranks 10th in the league in terms of how much they allow. So two very good run defenses, two run defenses that I think are probably going to excel in this game. I don't expect any Tampa Bay Buccaneers rusher to eclipse 50 yards rushing either. You know, the Rams have a more you know, established trio of runners when it comes to their running back position. When you look at the Buccaneers, they have Ronald Jones, who's probably the lead back right now and sort of feels like a, you know, workhorse style of running back when it comes to the ground game. But then, you know, coming in as a receiver is typically Leonard Fournette. So I don't think either of those guys is going to top 50 yards rushing either. So I think this game is going to be a lot of throwing the football. I do think both teams are going to get stuck in a lot of second and third and longs and kind of behind the chains. And with that being said, you know, I think they're going to have to kind of play catch up when it comes to being so far behind the chains. And I think both teams are going to look to stop the run first like they typically do. And that's going to turn into somewhat of a passing fest, which I think the Rams do have an advantage in when it comes to trying to stop the pass. They do allow 6.36 yards per pass attempt, and that ranks first in the NFL. That is the best pass defense in football, and it shouldn't really come as a surprise. You know, I look at guys like Darius Williams. I look at guys like Jalen Ramsey, and I think they're both going to perform very well in this game. You know, I don't expect Mike Evans to really do much. I do think that Jalen Ramsey is probably going to shadow him for most of this game. They do match up the best when it comes to a physical standpoint. You know, they're both similar in size. They're both similar in strength, I would assume. So uh, I think those guys are probably going to follow each other for a good amount of this contest. But then that leaves two guys in Darius Williams and Troy Hill to cover guys like Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. And I think Williams will probably cover a lot of Antonio Brown. And I do think that Chris Godwin is most likely going to line up in the slot in terms of, you know, registering the most snaps there. And with that being said, I do think he's going to oppose Troy Hill the most often. So I think both Cooper Cup and Godwin, the two players that I mentioned to have, you know, very good matchups in the first segment of this podcast, I think both of those guys are probably going to go over 100 yards receiving. But with the remaining names, I don't think any of Robert Woods, Antonio Brown, or Mike Evans are going to break 70 yards receiving. I think all three guys have tough matchups. I think they're all going to have to earn every yard. And I think, you know, the opposing corners are probably going to do a better job in this game. I feel like this game is going to be a very tough and hard-earned contest, man. I I look at two teams that are very good on, on defense. You know, the Rams are better schematically, I think, and they have probably a better secondary. And then you look at the Buccaneers, and they're just incredibly stout up front. And they present a ton of speed on the second level and a bunch of defensive backs that are really groomed and growing into potential stars in Jamel Dean and guys like Carlton Davis. So this game is sure to be a good one, guys. Make sure to check back on Tuesday. We're going to dive into our post-game recap. Hopefully it's a positive for the Rams. If not, don't take it too hard. This isn't the most important game for the Rams as they still have four games in the division left over, which are definitely going to be the most crucial when it comes to their potential playoff success in 2020. With that being said, make sure to come follow us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MVP, and you can find the page at Locked on Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.